What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Hadija Toto, and you are listening to Entrance You, the podcast where we are the deliberate creators of our own realities united in light during the darkest hour. We foster spaces of love, acceptance, and truth because we know we are one people. Living through different simulations, we define and choose to be our own truths while living in a co-created environment with multidimensional realities. Now, with that being said, we're just curious to see how others create their world as knowledge and inspiration for us to be able to hold our own and create our worlds from there. So everything I'm going to say, you already know, you don't have to agree or disagree. It's simply about us sharing, sharing what we know, sharing our knowledge, sharing what we have with each other. And it's just opening up the grounds and bringing in perspective. And today is very unique because I'm actually on the show by myself today. I started not to come on. I'm really super tired, but I had to come on because if there's anything that I'm for, it's for truth. It's for justice. And I watched this video. I'm going to play this video for you just so I don't have to explain what it was that I saw. I'm just going to play the video so you all can see it. It's by someone that I respect and it's someone that I I like. So I want to show this video for the purposes, for educational purposes. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so I can play this for you all so you can see it. I'm not debating it. I'm not agreeing, nor am I disagreeing because I don't Hello believe in discounting experiences. I want to tell you guys the story of my first play date in life. And yes, I'm being serious because it's important and it always stuck with me. I was in kindergarten when I first went on a play date with someone other than a member of my family. And it was with a girl. She had blonde hair and blue eyes, and we became fast friends. And I'll never forget the car journey up to her house. I was so shocked to see so many trees and the houses were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, the majority of you guys that are watching this, you already know my story. You know that my family came from nothing. In fact, at this time in my life, we were living in a very small apartment. And me and my two sisters were sharing a very tiny bedroom. It was a roach-infested apartment. I was used to the exterminator coming into that apartment. And so I was shocked when I got to this young girl's house and I found something so different. She effectively lived in a 
situation. I had never seen anything like it. She had her own playroom. She had her own bedroom. Everything was so immaculate. She had glass dolls lined up. She had a housekeeper. I remember just being shocked because what I learned at her house was that there were people that didn't live like me. I thought everybody had to share a room with their siblings. I didn't know that another option existed. I didn't know that there was something else. In fact, seeing that something else, probably very early on made me think, I want that. I want that option. Fast forward 13 years. I was 18 years old and I went on a trip to China, 10 days in China. To this day, it remains the worst trip that I have ever been on because I was traumatized. I remember calling my then boyfriend from the hotel rooms and I was crying. I was crying because I just wasn't expecting to see what I saw. I thought this was gonna be a glamorous trip. Far from glamorous, it was the exact opposite. It was just sheer poverty. There were people actually showering in the streets. Had a horrible stench. Worse than that, was children. Children that were masked. Thought to myself, what is this? The oppression and the filth of China actually shocked me. I was recently discussing that trip with my husband, and I said to him, Why do people put up with that? Why do people in China put up with living in those circumstances? Really think about this for a second. They are a nation of about 1.5 billion people, and every element of their lives is being controlled by a small totalitarian government. Why don't the people rise up against the government? Why don't they demand better conditions for their children, for themselves? A government, which a very short time ago told them how many children they were even allowed to have via a one-child policy. That's absurd. Where are the uprisings? We never hear about them. And do I know what my husband said to me? He said, the people that live in China have never known anything else. Generations and generations spanning over a millennia of oppression. That is what the state has been in China forever. They don't know that freedom is an option. They don't know, like me as a small child, that there's something else. Which really makes me think about where we are today, right now in this society. Think about what's happening all across our country, all across the West, really. Think about it. Right now, there is a generation of children, and if we don't do something, right, they're not going to remember what the world was like before mass censorship. They're not gonna know what it was like to be able to say something in America and to not be fact-checked, censored, to have your accounts deleted. They may not even know what it was like when they didn't have to walk around with masks on their face. When they were allowed to go to school with the masks, not on their face, they will have no memory. They'll just think, this is normal. I'm always supposed to have a mask on my face. They may not know what it was like to walk into a restaurant without being asked to show their papers. Are you vaccinated? Let me see your cards. Let me see if you, were, if you received the vaccine. Otherwise, you can't eat in here. We're gonna have an entire generation of people who think that it's normal to have to submit to 
won't know that there's another option. They won't know that there's the option of freedom. They won't know that it ever even existed. We are the last stand for that generation. Otherwise, they'll, they're never gonna desire what they didn't know exists, just like China. Those children will never desire it because they will have never known that it existed. Think about how scary that is. I want you to consider my words today very carefully because they are a direct call to action. Welcome to Candace. Hello and welcome. Today I'm All right, so there we had it where Candace talked about a childhood that experience that she experienced, which made her curious, and later on she ended up actually spending 10 days in China. There's a lot to unpack here. I I you know, I respect Candace. I respect anybody who stands up on truth. I respect anyone who speaks their experiences and is able to draw a conclusion based on their experience. However, I do, like I said before, I do believe there is a difference between being ignorant and just being rude. You see, illiteracy in the 21st century is the process of learning relearning and unlearning the process of what illiteracy looks like in the 21st century is learning unlearning and relearning and people who have the inability and are incapable of doing so it's going to be very very difficult in the 21st century to continue to move and push forward why do I say this? Well, I take that story to heart about the things that she said. Because like Candace said, she I didn't grow up in a poor area. I can't pretend that I grew up in the ghetto, nor can I pretend that, you know, I can relate to people from there. In the sense of what that poorness feels like. Now, there have been experiences where, you know, there was homelessness prior and before and I just didn't tell my friends while I was in elementary school there's been times where we slept in cars and where we we were we didn't have food and we were going to free barbecues and stuff just to get food but in the same sense I remember I'm going to just parallel my story to Candace's for a second I remember going over to I had a friend called Dakota Sanders and it's so funny that I remember her name because Man, I remember she had this birthday party or some type of gathering where we all got invited to her house. Now, I lived in an apartment. It wasn't roach infested or anything like that. I don't have any dramatic story to give in that regards about, you know, being poor. But what I will say, and it's it's not drama, but I'm just saying I don't have that same pool, that same polarity. But what I will say is going from an apartment to seeing Dakota Sanders' house, she had a whole Sanders family ranch. <laughs> I had never been there before, never seen horses like live in person. Like, like, whoa, oh my gosh, you have horses. And it was just like a birthday party. And I was surrounded, I was in an environment where I was surrounded by rich people all the time. So when it came to money, I'm used to being around houses that are $500,000 and more. That's not, that's not like a, oh my gosh, like, you know, in Northern Virginia area, average house is going to hit about 450000 to 500000 That's just what it is. It's an expensive area to live in, and that's just what it is. 
And so having those experiences, I realized from an early age that I could have, be, and do whatever I wanted to. It was all about what did I want. As I grew older, and and even now, I'm a mindset coach for that very reason. I'm a performance coach. I optimize people's performance and take them to the next level. That's what I do. People always wonder, what, what is it that you do, Khadija? I inspire people to be their best, not only through inspiration, but through actionable items to take care of. Now, getting back to the story, she says that her going to her friend's house, she saw something that she didn't know existed. I relate to our Candace in that. I grew up in an environment where everyone around me looked different. The classroom was totally different. My best friends were Indian, they were Korean, they were Chinese, they were black, they were Hispanic, they were from all over the world. I have African friends, right? And having friends from all over the world gives you a different kind of perspective. And I was always the child where I was the only one allowed in the house and no other friend was allowed to come in. They accepted no other friend. I made, I made good grades and I was allowed to because they wanted their child to be around people who had similar rules, who had a similar mindset and that were respectful, okay? Now, Candace said she went later on and she went to China for 10 days in which that was the worst trip that she had ever taken. She said in those 10 days that she went to China, it was the worst trip that she ever taken. And she said that there, there, that there were masked children, and she said that the oppression and filth shocked her. She said, how could they be in a small totalitarian government? And the husband told her that the people in China have never known anything else. And that's where we are today. Now, this is the part where I totally disagree with. I know that this show is not about agreeing or disagreeing, but it's about sharing experiences and truth. And I will not take Candace's experience away from her. Because if that's what she experienced, who am I to invalidate her experience? However, what I am here to do is I am here to give an alternate perspective. What I am here to do, because I didn't visit China for 10 days. I lived in China for five years. And what I can say is there's a totally big difference. There's a total big difference between visiting a country for a short amount of time that's not even a month's worth on a calendar and actually having a working relationship with the language to even understand the culture in the first place and actually living in the environment to understand why they do the things that they do. Is it filthy in some places? Sure, whatever those terms of filth is. Sure, sure. You could say that if you want to. I don't know what filth looks like to anyone else. So maybe in someone else's perspective, maybe it was filthy. I'm not sure. I can't really answer those questions. Hey, Kaiwan. I can't answer those questions. But what I will say is that when you've been living in a place, it is my duty, it is my obligation to stand up and to recognize those people that I lived amongst for over five years. 
I cannot allow a narrative that is not true to exist. Now, was that the experience? Okay, that's cool. But I want to put into context something because this is how manipulation occurs. Hey, Raheem. This is how manipulation occurs. Manipulation occurs when people are, are ignorant about a certain subject and therefore they hold on to your perspective. They hold on to your view because they believe that your experience validates what you say. And if that's the case, I am here to offer a totally different perspective. What I know is, yes, were there masked children in China when I lived there? Absolutely. But it was not in means of oppression. That's not what it was for. I'm going to put it in context for you. There were two reasons why masks were worn. One of the first reasons, well, three reasons. Some people just like to wear the mask, to be honest. They like to wear the mask, and so they wore the mask everywhere they went. It was habit. That's what it was. The second reason people wore masks was because in China, the pollution, the API is crazy there, okay? You have to put into context everything in the world, right? You look on the back of you know your plate, and I guarantee you it says made in China, Okay, now these factories are making these plates, they're making these bowls, they're making these cups, they're making these toys, There's ma they are making these things. And so because in China, they're, this is the source, right? They're, they're producing these items, there's pollution because of the factories. And the further you go north, especially in the wintertime, they burn coal. Okay, so I'm not sure when Candace went to China, what season it was, or even what city or, or, you know, she was in the country. But the further you go up north, near like, let's say Harbin, right, which is one of the coldest places. They have this amazing like ice sculpture place there that's phenomenal. I wish I, I had brought some pictures when I prepared and prepared this, but I came off the cuff because it's something that really like, I was like, oh no, I got to talk about this. But it was like the further you go up north, the more pollution there is because, <laughs> because all of the productions are there. The factories are up north, okay? So a lot of the season and a lot of the time, you'll see people go up north and then they might be from the south. So during the holidays, they'll come back down the south. And then in the summertime, you know, the factories are still going, but there's heavy production of the factories and the coal, right, for heating, for heating the homes, they would use coal to heat the homes, okay? So that's just putting things into perspective. They would use the coal to heat the homes, and so now you have a bunch of pollution and the API is off the Richter scale. And I'm talking about to the point where you could literally open the door and there was so much pollution, like to the point where you had to like cover your face, Okay. Now that's not like that all over China. China is a huge country. It's not like that all over China. It's just certain parts like in the north where the factories are. The closer you are to factories, the more pollution that there is. And it's like that because China's producing material and, and products to go all over the world. And unfortunately, we don't have the technology that prevents that pollution at the moment. Now, when it's created, I'm sure that it'll be used. But for now, that's not necessarily what's used. So this is why you'll see children masked up in China is because of the pollution. So that's the second reason. Okay, the API, the air quality 
is not so good when it comes to certain places there. It's not because oppression or because they're trying to silence the children. It is because of the pollution. Okay. Now, the third reason why you might see people wear masks in China is because they might be sick. Now, if they're sick, then what happens is they put a mask over their face. Because in China, let's say, you know, you have the common cold, right? And you're like, achoo, achoo, and you're coughing or whatever. Instead of just, you know, like having that, they put a mask over their face right? So the children will be protected from the germs. And once the children are protected from the germs, or even the adults too, I remember being sick, even as a teacher, I would get sick, I would catch the common cold, right? It wasn't necessarily a virus, I would catch the common cold. And what they did was they put a mask on. So that way you keep your germs to yourself. Because guess what? We still have to go to work. We still have to go shopping. We still have to do business as usual. So I'm going to mask myself so I can protect the other people around me. It's not because I'm being oppressed and it's not because I'm being silenced. And it's not because anyone is forcing me to put on a mask. It's a health mandate. It's not even a, it's not mandate. I'm sorry. It's a health option. Now to put in further context of the Chinese society and how they deal with medicine. And I can understand why maybe Candace didn't understand be, or didn't put into context certain things. I don't know if she put it into context or not. That's none of my business. But what is my business is if I hear information that I feel is incorrect I will offer a different perspective. Like I said before, I'm not taking away from her experience. If that's what she experienced, that's what she experienced. And that is valid. Sis has every right to think and think what she thinks. However, I know what I know from experience. And like I said before, there's a difference between visiting a country for 10 days and living there for five years to understand the cultural context of what's going on. So like I said, masks in China are not a form of oppression, okay? It's understanding that the society is a preventative, a preventative medical care system. What does that mean? That means they're about the natural medicines, right? They would rather boost you up with vitamin C than give you a vaccine. They would rather boost you up with vitamin C and zinc and, you know, they'd rather do acupuncture. They're very prevent, they're about preventative care. Whereas America is about solution-based care. How can I quickly get rid of this problem? We're only going to look at the, we're only going to look at the result, but we're not going to look at the symptoms. And that's the kind of medical care that you get in America is they're looking at the result and providing a solution to the result. Whereas in China, they're looking at the result, looking at the symptoms and not just treating the symptoms, but how can we make this preventative? How can we prevent this? Which is i.e. why when coronavirus broke out, what did they do? They shut down their country. Now you can say it's a totalitarian government. They're super controlling this, this, and that. But guess what? My friends aren't in lockdown anymore in China. They're actually out. Why? Because of the preventative measures that were taken. Did they seem a bit extreme at first? 
Mm, I don't know because COVID is quite extreme. And sometimes extreme measures need to be taken for extreme things that are happening. And so it's understanding that we handle our issues. We handle our, not even issues, but our challenges. We handle them differently. Culturally, we are different and it is okay to be different. Instead of continuing to allow ourselves to be different and make that what separates us, it is our differences that we love. It is our differences that actually bring us closer together because I need to understand how and why you do what you do. Instead of assuming from my gaze, from my American gaze about your culture. And so, excuse me. And so when we get in another country, we have to drop our American gaze and see things from their perspective. 10 days is not enough time to form any opinion about another person's country. It's not, it's not. Be, and, and you can't say that for the entire country because now you're creating stereotypes. Now, what I did agree with her is where she said, we need to be concerned with America and its state right now. I absolutely positively agree with my sister on that. And why? Because of the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. When you take away someone's choice and you begin to censor them based on the truth, this is where the problem lies. Now, and to put it into context as well, since we're on the subject of China, I keep up with the Chinese news. They are not banning people. They are not allowed. They have legislated that they are not allowed to ban people based on who took the shot and who did not. It is illegal to ban people in China if they have taken the shot or if they have not because they expect their people to make informed decision. This, is, this was in the Chinese media. So my question is, why is it here? In a democracy, in a democratic nation, people are being pressured into taking some type of shot or not taking some type of shot. My biggest thing is make an informed decision for yourself. It's not about whether I agree or disagree. Make the decision for you. Make the decision for your family. Make the decision on what you see fit. My biggest concern is not whether we take the shot or we don't take the shot. It is the principle of the matter of being able to express oneself in the media. The questionable thing is the freedom of speech and the freedom of the truth. And when the truth is being challenged, and your rights are being taken away. Oppression, the definition of oppression is seeing someone as unequal to yourself. And so now we are looking at a people who have been unvaccinated or have been vaccinated and we're judging them with the same power and the same strength. 
No, make an informed decision. Gather all of the information that you need to. I know what decision I'm going to stick to. But it doesn't mean in the process that I have to tell anyone else who they are and who they should be and how they will be accepted. Now, if you ask me, do you agree with my decision and how I made it? That's, that's none of my business. That's all you. You make your own decisions. Now, if you're asking me what I would do and what I have not done or have done, if you're asking me, that's also my business. That's my privacy. You don't get the right to ask me what I've chose. You know, it's so interesting to me because for so long it's been my body, my choice. My body, my choice, my body, my choice. By this same party that's now not allowing people to make a decision of whether it's their body and their choice. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on. And so it's not about, you know, certain, oh, well, this, they say that this is it and they say this is not it. No, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's the principle. It's the principle of choice. It's the principle of my will. You are taking the freedom of my free will away from me when you force me to do something. I say all this to say that I agree with my sister (laughs) and the fact of being concerned about the state of where America is today. However, what I cannot agree with is the reasoning behind that. I'm so sorry that my sister had to have that experience of seeing the filth and the oppression. I I feel bad that she wasn't able to see the beauty of the place. And if you've ever been to Shanghai, China, oh my gosh, it's the most beautiful country that I've ever been to. I mean, the most beautiful city in the world that I've ever been to. Yes. Is there oppression? Yes. Are they doing things to my people when i say white people the muslims are they doing things to the Uyghurs that i the i don't agree with absolutely but can you discount and in the entire consciousness of a place because of a few people's mistakes no that's i'm not the judger that's going to be something that they have to deal with that's their con- we have our own issues We have places that look like filth. We have places that look like trash here in America. So to point, to constantly point the finger at another country and to not point the finger at ourselves is an absolute issue. And it's nothing, it is nothing to take lightly. It is nothing to take lightly because you are speaking about other people's homes. These are real people doing real things. And this is their life. Yes, maybe they don't know another way of life. They didn't get the privilege to have the experience to travel outside of their country to see anything different. Maybe they didn't have the opportunity to to meet a foreigner or visit a foreigner that has anything differently. But it is not our jobs to sit there and condemn them. See, but what they do have And I went into the village area. And yeah, was it poor? Absolutely. It was poor by definition of what an American would deem as poor. 
by the looks, by the environment, by the outside. But let me tell you something that they had that my fellow Americans may or may not have had is the sense of community. Their hearts were so rich. I have never in my life met a people more welcoming. Were they ignorant about certain things? Absolutely. I was, I was the first American that they had ever met. To them, I wasn't black. I wasn't brown. I wasn't, I was none of that. I was none of that. I was American to them. Do you know how powerful of a position? I wasn't, yes, I was a woman. I was black, but I was American to them. Do you know how much of an honor it was? that they would try to attempt to speak to me in English, even though they had no need to. This is their country, this is their society. I should be speaking Chinese, not having them speak English to me because I don't understand. That's not how it works. And as Americans, we have to step our game up as expats. It's a colonizer mentality. It doesn't matter what color, what creed. What, if you were born in America, being American is a mindset. Being American is a mindset. And we have to be mindful of other cultures. And we have to be mindful of the way in which they do things. Why? Because it's not just us that exists in the world. And this is what Entrance U is all about. We are one people. Living through different simulations, we define and choose to be our own truths. While living in a co-created environment within multi-dimensional realities, we are the creators of our own realities. Culture. Culture is nothing but a cult. It's a cult. It's the way that, that people celebrate life is similar. The way that people celebrate the return of life to, to God is similar. The religious dogma or doctrine that, that we live in and exist in, it's that. That's what exists. That's, what in, that's what's important. It's not about what we look like. This is the bigger picture. This is the picture that, that I'm painting because I know what it is firsthand to live somewhere in a country that you don't know anyone, that you literally go by yourself. And this message today is primarily to put into context that when you listen to people give their experiences Yes, you cannot invalidate their experiences, but you have to be able to put it into perspective. And my name is Hadija Toto. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. It's not changing. And I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who came on today to listen. I will see you all soon. Thank you again. I'll be uploading this on Spotify as well as on the Instagram as well. So I will see you all soon. And thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you. And to my sister Candace, I, I'd love to speak with you.
just because I think there's a difference between perspective and experience. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hello, Rahim. Hello, Khali, Hadija. Hey. Hey, Kasami. Yes, global impact. You know, we, we have to, we have to, yes, yeah, speak, succeed, and speak, supersede. Yes, we, we have to, you know, we have to put into perspective the things that people are saying around us. And yes, is the experience valid? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Hey, Stephen. <laughs> are Do we have to put in perspective things? Yes. So just be careful who you're listening to. Be careful where you're getting your news from. And just know that all information is jaded through experience and through people's perspective and other people's realities. And that's why I say make your own decision. Because it's difficult for me to make a decision for you based on our experiences, based on the way that we grew up, based on what we know, based on our perspectives, based on the lives that we live. Because there's always your reality there's my reality and there's the truth. And so if we can always unify by the truth, we will get a lot further in society because if there's anything that we have in common, it's being able to celebrate, live in, and be in truth. And that's what freedom and justice for all truly is. So anyways, let me hurry up and finish this. I keep saying bye and not leaving. So this is the end. Thank you so much for coming in and tuning in with me on Entrance You. Next week, we'll be having an interview with, let me check my calendar really quick. We'll be having an interview next week. I can't even remember with who, um, but it's all lined up with Lauren Merrill. And she's a an amazing coach and it'll be a lot of fun. So anyways, you all have an amazing time. And we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace.